out. It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Boom. Welcome to... Oh, hang on. Wait, wait. Lemo, Lemo, turn your TV off. Yeah, sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we go. Watching the replay, Lemo. I'm getting excited. I don't want to take in too much information the day after the grand final. Welcome to a very special grand final edition of They Came to Play. And dare I say it, but Danny McGinley and I called this somewhere in between rounds two and three of this footy season. It was always going to be Richmond's premiership. Uh, hello, Danny. Shall we gloat for a moment on how good we were on at how- this? How smart we are! We're just—I mean, we're just footy geniuses. Uh, and look, I'm—I'm I'm going to put some other predictions out there because I'm sensing a theme going on yeah. with this year. Uh, Trump to. Oh, Damn. oh, no. <laughs> oh God, Trump! That's, that's Trump. The as soon as Danny said Trump to be re-elected, he disappeared off our screens. <laughs> Twitter wow. really hated that. They were like, no, that's not going to happen. Talk about, talk about uh, is. Oh, oh, yeah, crash. Yeah. oh, God, what a dramatic turn of events. <laughs> that was. Um, <laughs> see, don't speak ill of. Oh, no, he was, and he, was, he was pumping Trump up. He was pumping Trump up. So I guess it's like that Biden, don't speak ill of Biden because he's got the internet powers on his side now. Is that how it happens in 2020? I think as soon as you say Trump will win the election, uh, your internet crashes. <laughs> uh, he's back. Danny Beginley, let's have your prediction. So Trump to win the election. Yeah, Trump to win the election. Star Wars to be remade with a lot more Jar Jar Binks as the main character. And COVID-20 to be discovered was a lot like COVID-19, but with a lot more symptoms that involve the words milky discharge. All still better than Saturday's grand final result. Oh, just if we had a Richmond fan on. Actually, hang on. Tess Armstrong, hello. You too. I'm so sorry I doubted you. I'm so sorry. No. Of course. Of course. You knew it all along and I had to get there. It was like a little journey, like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. I had to get there just to know that Richmond were always flag favourites. That's just... Um- well, that's all the time we've got for on this week's so that came to play. Thanks for listening this year. Uh, how, uh, how, how wildly disappointing that result was. Hey, but at least the game was on until really about seven minutes to go. That's when it was. That's yeah. Ski. But Tess, talk us through your day because a night grand final, as I think we all discovered yesterday, is a freaking long time to wait. For a grand final to start. It is the longest day ever. And also, I suppose, in Victoria, like maybe I'd be interested to hear from other states because they they could have had barbecues. So maybe their day was grand because they got to celebrate all day. But usually, you know, you have the morning and the morning's quite tense, but a lot of the time, you know, you're making your way to wherever you're going to watch the grand final, if it's at the ground, if it's at your friend's house, if it's at home, whatever. And so you only have to fill in like a few hours before the 
game day broadcast really starts and you can settle in. Whereas yesterday I got up to do an ABC News spot at 7 o'clock in the morning and then it was honestly like 100 days have passed and at the moment my my only pregnancy symptom is that I'm extremely tired and so all day I was like, oh, <laughs> no, I'm not going to make it to the grand final. Like I'm going to have to go to sleep. And I kept wanting to have a nap and then was thwarted by something else and so it was a real worry um, because you- it was just okay. endless. Pardon? Get get used to that. That is your life for the next five <laughs> to ten years. That's right. Yeah. Most pre-pregnancy thing to say ever, pregnancy one. I just wanted to nap and I was thwarted. Um, but thrilling news, I suppose, the baby is officially a tiger, so we'll get to that a bit later on. But I did spend uh, the whole day thinking like, oh, Sam and I, like, is it going to be tense? Is it going to be weird? But we were so it was such a long day. There was no time, like there was no right time to start niggling each other about each other's team because it was like still a million hours away. So we were like playing with our dog and our dog was really cute and then, you know, friends came for a cup of tea and that was really nice and then we got to concentrate all our energy into what we were going to have for dinner. So that was like (laughs) dual tension. We were both nervous and so we were like, right, what do we want to eat in the whole world? Let's organise that. And then by the time the game started, I was like, I don't care. It felt like the the build up to round one, not the build up to the grand final. Like it was just weird. And then there was still light here, and it was dark in Brisbane, and so That's like weird. all these light shows were happening in the pregame entertainment. I was like, oh my god! So by the time the game had ended, and um, my beloved husband had gone to bed a little early, I then was able to kind of I was I had to miss a lot of the post game because I had to go to sleep because I was going to die. But I just went through that, like, scrolling through every article thing, which ended up being, I think, the longest day of my whole life. <laughs> and, Tess, uh, how are you feeling when Geelong jumped out to about a 20-point lead? You'll be thrilled to know. I, I sent a text to my family group saying, we're shit, uh, which oh. was... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't deal with it well because the most annoying thing was in the first quarter I was say I, I remarked that you know how the whole thing was whether or not we would play our chaotic game and they would play their controlled game but both of us played our game in the first quarter and I thought that was kind of fascinating because if we if we kick goals it was through the way that we kick goals if they kick goals yeah. it was a controlled way I thought that's interesting and then I feel like we really just fell off a cliff if not for Marlon Pickett giving to go every time and Liam Baker I feel like no one else was really lifting so I said at halftime if because there's so many players from Richmond that weren't playing well if any of those like if 10 of them lifted by 10 percent it would be much more equal and so then I'd be able to have a sense of where things were at and I felt like the loss of Nick Foston was just like enormous and it took a little while for us to reshuffle everything. And we also desperately needed to win it in the midfield so that it wasn't even a problem. And then we began to do that. And so then I felt a bit bad about my doubters. And then a friend, Rana, and I, who are both Tigers, texted and said, thank God they think they can win. <laughs> because the whole Richmond, I saw so many tweets, people were like, well, that's it. It's over. It's been good. The dynasty's over. The dream's <laughs> over. Because they're just so used to just like, you're like, well, we don't come back from this. But we did last year in the prelim against Geelong, almost exactly the same score at halftime, almost exactly the same come from behind victory and almost the same freaky Dustin Martin goal. So, like, I I don't know when I'll ever learn. Probably never. 
<laughs> and, we'll, and we will probably fall off a cliff now. And so I'm glad that I never learnt and that it came as a surprise. But <laughs> I, I wasn't I, I wasn't well. I love Tess that it's not even, what is it, 12 hours since the grand final, less than 24 hours since the grand final, and already you've found a way to be negative about it. <laughs> uh, I just don't want to go into next year. I don't ever want to be arrogant. Hey, what about why don't you just enjoy this win for a while and not think about next it's year? It's true. Well, it's been tricky because I, of course, haven't watched the replay yet because it's a weekend day, so my beloved partner is still at home. So I don't want to, like, watch the replay. And I yeah. also don't. So tomorrow I'm home alone. So I'll be like replay back to back. I might just watch it a hundred times tomorrow. So it's like deep dive and then I might feel quite good about it. And really the thrill is that when the footy comes back to the MCG round one next year, if it's a Richmond home game, we get to unfurl two premiership flags because we never unfurled 2019. I was like, oh, that's going to be, I'm going to enjoy that. Yeah, that'll that'll be a great moment. I'm so excited. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I ask day. you two as neutrals at that point? Did you think that it was still like a game that we could win? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. You are yeah. you have that really irritating uh, habit of of coming back and and winning. It was at no point did I relax or anything. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I agree. I thought the whole time. Well, Danny and I have thought since round two, you're going to win the flag. Yeah, we we weren't unlike you. We weren't about to jump off Richmond. Uh, <laughs> we believe in trouble. it. Yeah, yeah, we we believe. We believe. I believe my notes went something like this: um, Ablett and Foston. Fuck. Back oh, on. wait, wait. Can we, can, we, can we just stop that there? I just want to give a shout-out to one of my mates, uh, Benny, uh, who put on uh, two bets for the Norm Smith, one Nick Floston, the other Gary Ablett. <laughs> <laughs> that did not work out well. He, oh, my he God. He was not happy. <laughs> but, oh, that is terrible. I really thought the game was over when Ablett came back on because the roar was so amazing and I was like, oh, that's the kind of thing. That like hell yeah ever I just yeah. like it didn't make sense to me but then I realized like well Dusty he's a freak of a th- of a mil- of a nature that I've never seen before and so I shouldn't really have doubted that he would want to be the story and he gets to be the story but I just thought oh there's no coming back from Abbott coming back on the ground and playing in pain and still playing better than most his team with one arm in pain I was what what a story Anywho, you know what, did Dusty Tess, I didn't watch any of the uh, the post game. Uh, did Dusty uh, do anything funny with the third Norm Smith or anything, or was it was he? No, just sort he of, see what he should have done. There's a there was a soccer player, an Italian soccer player called Mario Balotelli, who used to play for Manchester City when they were not that dominant yet. They were still on the way up, and he all there was a period of like ten games where he just scored every single match. And on like what the tenth game, he ripped off his shirt and he had an undershirt that just said, "Why always me?" <laughs> <laughs> so Dusty should have just done that. Like I, I reckon it'd be funnier if it, when Dusty like grabs the ball and kicks an amazing goal, roll his eyes. It's like, oh, I have to do this again. Oh. <laughs> Why is it? Well, Dusty's not known for his humour, Danny. So I don't know that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I expect yeah. him to come out in a clown suit in the fourth quarter and do some, you know, or a mime. Um, but I did, that was just magic. And I thought, Ablett, you know, we're completely staffed here. And also Nick Floston was such a big loss. So I just, like, I feel like I was right to feel down and out. Tom Stewart was playing the game of a lifetime. I felt like every single time I looked up, 
Tom Stewart was marking an intercept mark. And that was what I was most, I did swear a lot and apologise to the baby about intercept marks because <laughs> that was just so annoying because we were just trying to just bang it long. And I go, but it's yeah. Tom Stewart. Tom Stewart's there literally every time. So I swore a lot, apologised to the baby, carried on with my gracious in defeat kind of attitude. <laughs> So Tess, the- is, Sam, is Sam a similar type supporter to you? Does he always find a way to convince himself that Geelong's going to lose? Oh, 100%. Sam is much like, worse. You two, you two would have sat there through this whole game going, no, no, you've got it. You're going to yes, lose. it was like that. So the first quarter, we were both like, ugh, ugh. And we just like held hands a little bit at quarter time. Like, okay, I don't know what is happening. No need for talking. In the second quarter, he was swearing so much, but I was like, dude, we're like, down and out and he's like yeah but we've missed all these goals and that's going to punish us we're going to be punished for our for our missing goals and our terrible forward line which ended up being quite true um but then I said but we're completely irrelevant in the game but that also seems like a problem but when Dusty kicked that goal at the end of the second quarter yeah uh I got a little bit shaken because I realised maybe we hadn't lost and there was a whole half of football to go. And then Sam also got a bit shaken by the fact that he was right. (laughs) And so uh, the third quarter was a bit complicated because he essentially began to realise what was happening because this is exactly what happened at the prelim we went to last year. And he was like, oh, no. And Dangerfield forward, which we have to talk about, was a real source of contention in this household. And I just, he ended up going to bed essentially when Dusty kicked that kick the first of his two final quarter goals and then I texted him and said oh you know but you just got a goal um so maybe you know this could end up quite well and I said Menegola just kicked an impossible goal this is at 10 o'clock stay stay there for five minutes but I'll text you (laughs) and I said don't come back I love you (laughs) <laughs> so we must have kicked another goal after that. But I really do think when Menegola kicked that goal in the last quarter, like that was a freaky goal. I thought he had so much time to think about it because poor Sam Simpson, who we still haven't had an update on, he's conditioned, was completely out cold. The game was stopped. I thought, oh, this is a long time to psych yourself out of kicking a really yeah. long goal. And then he just kicked it. I thought, oh, they're still in there. Yeah, for sure. Limo, have you ever been more grateful right now than 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 I am feeling? Um, just so uh, thankful that uh, your significant other doesn't really care about footy. <laughs> yeah, it could uh, it could cause a lot of tension. I watched the game with Kel last night. I'll tell you how different our night was. <laughs> About three minutes before the game started, so this is a you know, the twenty twenty grand final. Mm. Three minutes before the game starts. She walks over to the couch with the Saturday paper and says, do you want to do the quiz? <laughs> and I said, no. No, I don't want to do the quiz. The game's about to start. Uh, and she said, oh, okay. All right, no worries. Right. And then she spent most of the game telling me how hot or not each individual player was on the ground oh, that- uh, and started ranking them accordingly. See, damn COVID, uh, that actually sounds like a great day out for, for last year as well. Like you, we need to watch, we need Kel and Lass to have to watch footy together. <laughs> yeah, so Kel, uh, she went with her two top picks. Actually, well, Dusty Martin probably doesn't surprise you. Mm. It feels like Dusty Martin should have his own cam, a Dusty cam. Yes, yes. Just follows him everywhere. And the other one, Damien Hardwick. What? Really? She's quite warm for his form. And, 
she she took quite the liking to Dimmer last night. Dustin first, Dimmer number two. Wow, that and she actually rated ranked Chris Scott fairly high as well. Chris Scott's looking very good. One hundred percent, the beard is good. Um, I love because his wife actually runs like a health, like a face, a skincare face care. You can tell how much how good I am at it. Clearly, that's why I've got such glowing skin. Um, but anyway, she, his wife runs like a skincare company, and he got asked in a press conference a couple of months ago, like, "You're looking amazing, <laughs> by Tom Brown. You're looking amazing. What's your secret?" And then he was like, um, "My, <laughs> thank you. My wife runs a skincare thing." And then she got the post what Chris Scott had been using. And I was like, wow, he is like the best ad for that skincare I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he looks great. But also the tan um, yeah, of being in Queensland, which then after the game I was genuinely worried about Gillian McLaughlin because I was like, he has he has clearly been in the sun for like seven days straight. Like it was like watching um, someone lost in the desert because he was so, so red and tanned at the end of the game. I was like, I don't know whether it's because Victorians have been stuck inside for six months, but it was more confronting than seeing people like kiss and hug after the game. I was more triggered yeah. by the sun burn um, yeah. than I was by the COVID breaches. But, yeah, that's a that's a good way to watch it. That would have been a bit of fun. I would have loved to have had a third person who was really funny in our house to kind of like break it up because I actually think we were quite civil. Um, it would have been. And- it would have been. We we for those for those listeners who aren't Patreons, uh, thanks for nothing. But um, for those, uh, we had uh, Sam on as a guest uh, on our Patreon only episode, and we got a lot of insights into the domestic life of Tess Armstrong. Uh, especially, uh, listeners, I think you'll be interested in this. Uh, I'm going to drop some um, what the kids would call truth bombs. <laughs> yeah, right. Nice. When nice. I met Tess in 2009, she was a Frank supporter. Yeah. Oh! Now, I'm going to fact check my own husband, as I did on the Patreon episode. I have told you all several times about the fact that my dad played for St Kilda, is a big St Kilda fan. When I met Sam, St Kilda, Richmond were already out of the finals. St Kilda were in the finals. Of course I supported St Kilda in the finals. I'm not an animal. If Richmond weren't in the finals this year, I would have supported to kill her in the finals because I'm a lovely daughter. Yeah. I I had the not feeling the lines were a little <laughs> more blurred than that from Sam. Yeah, and also a lovely daughter would probably still support the team that her father played <laughs> that for. That is strange, isn't it, that you don't barrack for the team, your dad. Like, you know, I, I go for if, – if you asked me what my favourite local Glasgow amateur club is, I would say Duntoka Hibernian because my father played for them. <laughs> well, I will say that I have had a complicated footy journey where Dad has been involved, and I'm lucky. I've been a very pri- privileged footy brat, but Dad has been involved in several clubs. And when we got to Richmond, there was Richo. Then Dad drafted Shane Edwards and Trent Cotchen and Jack Rewalt. And I fell in love with the Tigers and I thought, well, this is my team. And St Kilda had a lot of off-field drama and I was a really holier-than-there. I am still holier-than-thou. Um, and I didn't like who St Kilda were as a club and I liked Richmond's song. And so I went for them. <laughs> and that's how it worked. And now I'm stuck with them for life. And I'm happy about it. And Dad was stoked last night because his favourite person in football is Shane Edwards. And so he was just completely thrilled. Um, 
that he has had such a glorious career. And, and what year did you lock in the Tigers as your team? This would have been like 2006 or 2017. 2017. 2017. Late 2017. <laughs> September 2017. Yeah, I, I, I recall her being an Adelaide Crows fan at the start of that, <laughs> yeah. start of that game. <laughs> oh, I still feel bad about that because I watched that grand final with three um, close work friends who were really desperate Adelaide Crows fans and of course they were the favourite as everyone will remember and at the end of the game I cried so much that Richmond had won that they comforted me and then I was like no no this isn't right <laughs> this isn't right shuffle off so I can cry in peace and feel happy about it rather than feeling guilt and one of them texted me last night and we were just both laughing about how if you had of imagined this past four-year run at that stage like you couldn't possibly have fathomed it. But anyway, mm. so Sam is less salty today. He's not really cross about Richmond. He thinks that he said in his own words that um, after Nick Floston went down that, and we were down, that if we came back and won without Nick Floston, then it was the most legit amazing win. And he's cross about Dangerfield going forward. And so he has a lot of other things to worry about with so <laughs> his what own you, team. What's the issue of danger going forward? Because then who's in the midfield? And they lost it in the he midfield, everything. Should, so, yeah, he should be in the midfield. I, I found that. The issue is I find um, I think this is like one you could debate for literally ever. But last week, you know, you pop danger forward as a coaching manoeuvre when you need to spice things up a little bit. Last night you couldn't put Gary Ablett forward, for example, because he can't mark the ball. So he's not able to be forward. Um, None of the other forward line was firing at all. And so then Dangerfield at least is a really strong mark. And he also, he's quite a a good matchup on Dylan Grimes. And Dylan Grimes is really like building into the game. So then potentially you put Dangerfield there to cancel out Dylan Grimes so that the rest of your forward line can flourish. Ablett can only play in the midfield because he's only got one arm and he can't take any marks. So I don't really know what else he would. They so Sam, Sam is saying that uh, even though Geelong had arguably its best player and definitely the best player of all time literally playing with one arm, it's still legit? Oh, he is very uh, brainwashed. <laughs> um, oh, but I think, I think for them, like, isn't last night when you can't quite get it going in the forward line the best ad ever that Jeremy Cameron is coming yeah. to your club? Like, I think it's frustrating... <laughs> for Geelong people because they can get so close and then not quite there and then it ends up being the same. So the whole thing was a membership drive. It was all about (laughs) convincing people to accept the Jeremy Cameron move. It was getting Jeremy Cameron. That's right. Yeah, a lot of Cats fans were struggling with that. They were just like, oh, no, we don't don't want a spear, a Coleman medalist. Oh, not another one. (laughs) It would be a real bummer. Bummer to start 2021 with two Coleman medalists up forward. But um, anywho, I think it was a good grand final, right? It was. A, it was no. there, were, there were plenty of highlights. The only, you know, the fact that Geelong lost was great. Um, <laughs> sadly, Richmond won. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were just in a lose-lose situation, most of our neutrals. <laughs> It was too wet for it to be a good grand final. I'm sorry, Tess. It won't be on. Uh, it won't be on any great grand final replay things uh, anytime soon. Like I have watched a few great grand finals just during the week with my son, uh, and 
you know, like when you compare it to something like, you know, the 2005, 2006, even 2009, 2012, sorry, Limo, they yeah. are, they're good grand finals. Uh, and, yeah, this, we, we really just, you know, there hasn't these, as much as I'm happy for you guys, both of you, all of the three, Pete, uh, Limo, they were all blowouts. Uh, yeah. Where, you know, one, all those teams didn't show up. And, uh, uh, yeah, Tess, you're, I guess Geelong sort of showed up, but then they kicked two goals after halftime. That's not, it's not a good grand final. But maybe it's because our teams were the two best teams of their generation, so it didn't matter if the other teams showed up. What do oh, you think? Here we go. Now, hey. here, here we go. Now they turn on me. Here's the but. eastern suburbs privilege. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I quite enjoy, I found it quite entertaining, I've got to say, because there were lots of other things happening as well. Um, mm. For starters, well, can we talk about the Premiership Cup arriving on a surfboard delivered by <laughs> Surf Lifesavers? Oh, my God. Was, I felt like that was, that was very Commonwealth Games. It was very, I felt like yes. was, oh, yeah. very Queensland is what it was. Yeah, I thought you don't need to do this. You don't need to do this. Yeah, <laughs> they should have brought back that winking kangaroo from the the was it the nineteen eighty two Commonwealth oh. Games in Brisbane. <laughs> Good call. Good Surely call. that's in a shed somewhere. So, what's that doing these days? Where are they now? So the Premiership Cup on a surfboard. I was just disappointed. I wish instead of just the cup on the surfboard, someone was standing on the surfboard pretending to surf and holding the cup. Simon Black, who was the cup ambassador. Yes. It's a missed opportunity to have him on the surface. It should have been him. Um, mm. yeah. And what about now? What did everyone think of the halftime entertainment? Mm. So is that is that band Shepherd? Yes. Halftime now. Okay, I just was glancing at Twitter because I was I was mostly chatting to my boy. Um, <laughs> did they? Did, are they rich? Are they only successful because their parents own Manus Island? This is yeah. I need this uh, to be properly explained hang, to me. Hang on. So, Who owns so, Island? So I will give you the, uh, the, 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 the allegations at this stage. So Shepherd were a uh, sibling band who were formed by their parents who had a lot of money. Their mother is their tour manager. They all still live together as a family. Bit weird, they're adults. Anyway, but whatever, they they all did that one song, Geronimo, and then they were really famous after that. Their father is a lawyer based on PNG and he has been alleged to be have given bribes to the corrupt um, PNG pr- premise who had to stand down. And apparently the bribes were related to a company called Wilson Security, which he has a share in, who also run the Asylum Seeker Detention Centre ah. on Manus Island. So there's a lot of allegations getting around about them. <laughs> about them. But also... I- Hang on a sec. But the fact that he owns shares in Wilson Security is a, is a fact? Oh, I'm quite... Let me triple check. Okay. Uh, but I was reading this article last night and um, this... There was a, there's a lot of articles about it that kind of go to the this area that they're like, well, he owns the detention centre, which I don't think is true, or he owns the island, which I also don't think is true. I remember we only used to dislike them because, you know, the really rich families at school that are like, well, we're going to put everything into our children being famous, and that always was a bit gross the, to me. The Beyonce style. Yes, totally. Yeah. I mean, it worked for Beyonce because she's amazing. But, yes, definitely Beyonce. Like this child is going to be a superstar 
So we're going to pay for literally everything possible, the outfits, the dance, the free dancers, the MC, oh, yeah. uh, the cover, you know, we're going to pay for everything um, possible so that you would have to, you know, sort it out. But anywho, mm-hmm. so uh, this is... So this is from an article from 20, 2015. Brewing scandal has been blown wide open by a pair of Papua New Guinea lawyers caught on video detailing corrupt practices by Australian lawyers. Former Queensland Crown, Crown Prosecutor Greg Shepherd, father of, who was also the financial manager of his children's award-winning indie band, Shepherd, was filmed explaining how to launder bribe money intended for corrupt PNG politicians. He said the only way for businesses to successfully pay off foreign politicians without getting caught, was to send money in small dribs and drabs under the cover of legitimate transactions, Uh, blah, blah, blah. And then um, the pair, also known to have the ear of PNG Prime Minister Peter O'Neill, believed they were speaking with Australian businessmen in the videos, but, of course, they were not. Um, It was a sting. Mr Shepard recently gave up his appointment as a resident director of a security company that works with the Manus Island Immigration Detention Centre. He said the title shock horror, was producing negative publicity for his three children who were on the road to success with their number one hit single, Geronimo. Have they had any songs apart from that Geronimo one, like hits? No. I don't think so. But then that might have been because their dad got in trouble. and so maybe their their band name is their surname, like Hanson. Uh, Aren't we just very (laughs) relieved that the Roughhead family are good at footy and aren't just trying to launch a band called Roughhead or or the John Cox? (laughs) (laughs) also if your parents are going to get in trouble you should probably have a name of your band that isn't your parents Mm. name so there's a bit of distance from a scandal that doesn't really involve you because it doesn't involve the children at all they were in the band but it's just that the the name then becomes a very difficult burden to have but anyway Mm. apart from that the actual like lights and i loved their sparkle (laughs) I mean, I love the ugly outfits. <laughs> they look great, but yeah, they look amazing. We've got the Tess Armstrong levels here. She is anti uh, torturing of asylum seekers on Manus Island, but pro sparkles. Okay, cool. absolutely. Find me in the middle of those two goalposts. Uh, but there we go. Thanks for the backstory on Shepherd. Interesting. <laughs> Do you know if they should change their name? Because remember, a few years ago, when that band, that sibling band, the Malats. Uh, doing okay. and then, and then, then they got a bit of bad publicity and uh, forced to change their name. Um, can we talk about pre-game entertainment? Uh, uh, now, hey, and what about, can we talk about the streakers or the pitch invaders? Oh, God. Who are they? Now, Dickheads. No. Dickheads. If you're not doing it naked, you are a pest. You're an idiot. Find them 10 grand. Fine. Well, and I think they could easily afford the 10 grand because they are Marty and Michael, a comedy duo from Brisbane, what? who have got 1.2 million Instagram followers. What? What? Uh, and when you've got 1.2 million Instagram followers, you're making some decent wedge. Um, oh. So those boys are going all right. And this, I have never out, heard of them because I think one of them, which you didn't see in the broadcast, but I'm guessing from what I've read, one of them ran out with a ball and kicked a goal, and it was a dare between them. So <laughs> one of them actually snapped a goal uh, on the ground. Yeah, 
And Geelong have signed him. Which, uh, yeah, <laughs> Geelong really. They tried to get him down into the rooms at halftime. Uh, <laughs> Actually, yeah, halftime, this is when I reckon we should know that uh, this is the difference between uh, uh, winners and losers. I remember looking, they had the cameras inside there at halftime. Richmond, uh, 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 Dimmer was like talk, talking at them and they were all just sort of, you know, high five and revving each other up to get back out there. Geelong, w- Chris Scott was showing them something on a movie screen and we couldn't see what, but they were all just sitting watching in like rows, like as if a oh, cinema. Yeah. That's right, and it was, and it genuinely looked like uh, you know Chris Scott was either showing his holiday snaps or or trying to, to- sell, tell the difference between Deep Impact and Armageddon. It was very. <laughs> I wonder what they were actually watching. Um, I mean, it'd be good. It's good room for a sketch, Danny, that I'm sure someone will put out this week. We do the reverse angle on what they're all watching. I was quite stressed because, of course, that didn't happen in my mind, in my memory. I haven't watched the replay yet, but that didn't happen that long after Floston and Gary Ablett had both gone down. And so when the ball went down there, I was like, is that two more players out cold? Like it really looked like. And then the security guard, yeah, not getting off the ground. It's like, don't make this about you. (laughs) He was like, he could have run around the outside, but he ran all the way through the middle. I was like. That guy loved it. I know. I was, but how was all the gear he was wearing? That's good. <laughs> it was so funny. BT was like, is that another one? No, it's not. It's the security guard. <laughs> he just, for some reason decided to cut straight across the middle of the ground. It was It was a very dramatic first quarter. Yeah. Uh, there was so much was. going on. So much going on. But, that, um, but that Sam Simpson knock in the last quarter, that's one of the heaviest I think I've ever seen in football. Anywhere. There's still, yeah. I don't feel like there is an update about him yet, which I feel is, I don't know, how do you read into the fact that no, nearly 24 yeah. hours later? See, he was, he was not in good shape. Oof. And you could tell the players were kind of worried about him as well. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, it just seems it was just horrible. And, like, it, it's horrible to see. Um, it's tricky because it's in the middle of it, like the biggest game, but it, it's it's hard to talk about because there was no kind of acknowledgement that like this could be a very serious injury to these two people on the ground, like Nick Foster and like Foster was out for ages. And until he was in the rooms and they had that cam and you could see him walking, I was like, what? I mean, his house had been set on fire that morning. I was just like, this is the most dramatic <laughs> day in Boston. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. But then with Sam Simpson, we never got that video. And in, in the commentary, of course, it becomes a, a distraction for the team. So then they go, oh, this might be a real bummer for the momentum. I'm like, well, it might be a bummer <laughs> if it never walks again. To be, you don't want to say it in case. Ugh, it's just... Yeah, I always feel like we get that a bit wrong. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully uh, Sam Simpson is all right. He definitely wouldn't be playing next week if there was a, uh, if there was a game on. Uh, so, Tess, is he right for Mad Monday? Yeah, yeah. Tess, how are you going to celebrate uh, this week? What do you, what do you <laughs> um, I, I Honestly, I don't know that I can celebrate that much. I'm going to watch the replay a lot. Um, and that is, I think, it. I don't, there's nothing to do. In this state, there it would be a real jerk move. Um, for Can the you even ap- wear your your scarf out, or is that that? Yeah. You Today I wore there was a lot. 
of yeah. uh, I was driving through, I was driving to South Yarra and there was a lot of people just wearing Richmond gear. And I actually got a bit, uh, I got a bit nostalgic. Hey, Lima, I think being a Richmond supporter is a bit like being a flat earther in that a few years ago, you were embarrassed to admit that you thought that sort of thing. But now they're holding rallies. They're yeah. proudly announcing it. I don't like it. It's a bit like, like you know, QAnon, the rise of QAnon. In the- yes, yes. Well, that was a fringe organisation four years ago. <laughs> But now yes. 25% of Americans believe in everything that QAnon says. So Hell yeah. Is Richmond Australia's QAnon? Yes, it is 1,000% that. And uh, I was trying to think what, what Hawthorne uh, is. Something big in the 80s and then had a bit of a comeback around 2015. I'm not exactly sure. I do know that, be, that the Bulldogs are the AFL's Pokemon Go, as in it was uh, really only uh, uh, popular for four weeks in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Can I talk on a slight... Um... I, I used to say that Richmond were like meatloaf, where they <laughs> oh, were... Yeah really successful in the 70s and early 80s, much loved ever since, uh, but are a massive disappointment every time they turn up to the MCG. Um, (laughs) (laughs) those jokes were great. Oh, man, I missed that. Fucking three flags. (laughs) A bit of my gear. (laughs) Who's a different team to target your your barbs at? But also... It's got to be Essendon. A slight tangent on Pokemon Go. Um, this <laughs> may work. God. This may also relate to you, Danny, because okay. in 2016, of course, Pokemon Go was super popular and it like, took the world by storm. And then you're right, it went away. But then in Victoria this year, when we first went into strict <laughs> COVID rules, uh, the police statistics would come out every single day about how, why people had been fined for being out of the house every, every day for literally two weeks. It was because people were out playing Pokemon Go, and I was like, what? Is it still a thing? But that was around the same time that the Bulldogs had a little resurgence this yeah. year. So maybe you should try and push Pokemon Go oh. yeah, and see whether or not our theory makes sense. Okay. I'll, uh, a little groundswell of support. By that it's logic, fun. Limo should be trying to get everyone to uh, to play with fidget spinners. So Hawthorne, get good again. <laughs> Thank you. Everyone has to plank again uh, and make it work. <laughs> Uh, we'll do we'll, we'll do anything, whatever it takes. <laughs> Could be a long twenty twenty one for the Hawthorne Football Club. Oh. Uh, hey, uh, well, guys, is there, have we got anything else we need to add to this? I've got yeah. a couple more things to uh, to 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 stitch up. Uh, what is it? Tie loose ends to tie up yeah. um, in the Belarusian Premier League, Limo. Yes, yes. Uh, there's three weeks left. And uh, Tessa's team, uh, Islock, are currently seventh, 43. Mm-hmm. They're out. They can't win it. Uh, oh, okay. It was between my team and your team, and your team, Limo, Bait, uh, yep. currently on top, six points Come clear yes. of Shakti or Salagoski. So it's looking like something good will come for you this year. And uh, one other thing, I Tess, I promised you I had some wrestling news before we started recording. It's not often we talk WWE here on uh, They Came <laughs> to Play, but big news. Um, so something the WWE often does, and f- so fans know what new wrestlers are coming out, is they <laughs> register several new ring names. They sort of trademark them before the people are announced. And they just announced uh, they trademarked f- uh, one, two, three, four, five names 
last week mm-hmm. that have got and they and people like search them and find them and so a wrestling fan has noticed that the, these are the names new wrestlers Odyssey Jones Akeem <laughs> Young Ivy Nile Zion Quinn and Tony Modra Oh my god what <laughs> Apparently a WWE wrestler is going to be called Tony Modra Oh my god oh, how good would it be to see see Godra taking some speckies we, as he takes people down? To follow the career of Tony Modra, the WWE wrestler. That's also, Tony Modra at the height of his power would have been a super glamorous WWF wrestler, like at yeah. the time. Like yeah. he would have really made it. Because, uh, wow, okay. Well, news. I'm Tess, thrilled- you, you, you're our wrestling uh, expert, so I'm going to need you to start watching WWE stuff I am more, okay? so happy to go back there. I did um, protest slightly when they changed their name to WWE, but that was a really long time ago. And I just realised that Jeff Hardy, who was my, <laughs> who was my childhood crush, uh, which is really embarrassing now because I look at him, I'm like, wow, I had some really interesting tastes. But he is back wrestling, so I may, um, I may return myself to the ring. For you. <laughs> Thank you. We want to know all about Tony Modra. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I need to find out about Tony Modra. Also, Ivy Nile, quite a fun name. Anyway, um, I have two things to talk to you about. First of all, pre-match entertainment, yay or nay? Nay. Uh, oh, look, I'm not too bothered either way. Now, I, I get rid of all musicians. This is, I think, uh, a lot of people complained about the night grand final. Limo and I are both pro Twilight, but if it is a night grand final, this is what needs to happen. Night grand final, so that kicks off at like, you know, 7.40, I believe it is. So midday, VFL grand final, reserves grand final played at the MCG. After that game, VFLW grand final. You get three grand finals in a row and then the AFL. That's how they used to do it. That's how we need to do it. Then we get footy all day at our barbecues or whatever pre-match events yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not bad. I don't yeah. mind that. No, keep um, the grand final during the day, obviously, because it was a disaster yesterday. Anywho, I will say that... The pre- she admits it. She admits it. Tigers winning is a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, the result was fabulous, but I was too tired to properly enjoy myself. So, um, anywho, whatever. But the pregame entertainment yesterday, I thought, oh, it's like I thought it sort of started really strong. Mike Brady singing in the MTMCG made me cry. I am pregnant, but I thought it was also quite beautiful. Um, and then... Then it got very high school talent quest, like where everyone, like I, I understand that they wanted to do covers because then you can introduce bands to the world, but then that you don't have to listen to their songs that you don't know. So <laughs> I appreciated that. But then the DMA is doing sure shares believe. I was like, I don't know what's happening here. This guy, I think I was just too old. For it. And also I felt like it needed to be like real up-tempo to be a nighttime grand final and to match the light show. That's all I'll say. Uh, but if you can get Paul Kelly every year, why wouldn't you? Anyway. Mm, yeah, uh, I, one I, thing, I totally yeah. agree. If you can have Mike Brady every year, let's have Paul Kelly every year. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah, just lock right. it in yep. and then it's fine. You don't need to – let's not do the kerfuffle. And then pick a person to play after the grand final at the party at the MCG. Like and then broadcast that, and so Jack or whoever can get on stage with them. I did see some a really funny tweet from Adam Leo last night. Um, I've got two things to share with you about the glorious, of course, memories of Jack Rewalt getting on the 
stage with the killers. And then he tweeted last night, in three hours at the after party, Jack Rewalt's on first violin, belting out Tchaikovsky with the Queensland Symphony Orchestra. (laughs) (laughs) And that really, really tickled my fancy, although this morning he was singing singing Fleetwood Mac, which is a TikTok. So times have really changed. Um, I just want to shout out to Andrew Stafford, who wrote an excellent article in The Age about Dusty. (laughs) I I don't even care. I'm indulging. <laughs> anyway, I was like, oh, this is the this, is this the outlet for this? Yes, it is. Anyway, uh, he says midway through the third quarter, it was Martin who put the Tigers in front for the first time, dribbling through a check side from 40 metres. Every one of his last goals then was utterly decisive to the outcome. Rescuer, leveller, finisher, stone-cold killer. It would be impossible to imagine a more complete performance. I saw that summed it up bloody well. First ever three-time Norm Smith medalist, a freak of nature, and we are so lucky he plays for our club, and that is that's all. I Tess, have to you're on. That. They came to play, not Tiger Time. Well, yeah, you, I don't know yeah, what yeah. podcast you think I you're care. on. I, know, I don't know. It's fine that you can talk this. Is, do not call it we. There's no fucking we yeah. here. I found the third Norm Smith deeply infuriating. <laughs> I mean, I can't say this in my own house, so you guys have to suck it up <laughs> and just listen to it. Every time I think there's a little opening, I'm like, well, what about that Shane Edwards thing? And it's like, nope, didn't go down well. I tested the waters today and you need to suck it up and listen to me. Uh, well, <laughs> on that note, I think we should wrap up our grand final edition of They Came to Play uh, as much as it kills us, Tess Armstrong, congratulations. <laughs> and we were right. We were right. We called it. Absolutely. The only disappointing yeah. thing is that you didn't win by as much as we predicted, but still, mm. a win's a win. <laughs> on Grand That's Grand. the rain. The rain was a factor. <laughs> the rain was the 90-point factor. We didn't factor in the rain. Uh, but uh, good on you, Tess. Enjoy your celebrations this week. And um, we'll be back later in the week with another special Patreon edition of They Came to Play. Uh, I think it's just you and me, Limo. Tess is going to take a few weeks off. Is that right, T-Bone? I'm taking time off from all work, not to okay. not to celebrate the grand final, although I have bought the daily papers, so it may take me a while to read them <laughs> if I go to sleep now every five minutes, but I'll be back. You'll be back. Um, me and Le- So we're going to take a week off next week just from our regular show, but we'll do uh, Patreon stuff. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're with you throughout the throughout the summer. We're going to talk all sports. Whatever you want us to discuss, please hit us up on socials, be it trade talk or a completely different sport or, I don't know, literally whatever you want. We're happy to discuss it. Uh, great movies, uh, Limo's favourite recipes. We're, Let's do we're it. We're happy to dive in anywhere. Um, so that, but that Patreon edition will be happening uh, later this week. Thank you, Danny McGinley. Thank you. Go shack the your Sologos. Thank you, Tess Armstrong. Thank you, Dustin Martin. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And go uh, the Australian, oh, the, uh, actually the, the Delhi Super Kings. Uh, in the idea. <laughs> uh, I know, is it the Delhi Capitals? I think it's the Delhi Capitals. Anyway. I just love, there was a team called the Kings, so another team called themselves the Super Kings. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I love that. the Chennai Super Kings. It's the Delhi Capitals. That's all I'm on. Go the Delhi oh, Capitals. Uh, and uh, <laughs> good on you all. Thanks for tuning in again. And, uh, yeah, please rate us and uh, recommend us to a friend. Yeah. Okay. Farewell. <laughs>